Hello and welcome into another episode of Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, joined with my co-host, Brian Crum. Yeah, how's your holiday? It was good. It was good. How was yours? Good, man. Good. Yeah, it's nice getting back Just to work. back in. Yeah, it was a good uh, sports weekend. Uh, a little surpri- a few surprises, but we'll discuss that a little bit here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I went into the holidays uh, super pumped, actually. Yeah. Because I, I actually... Oddly enough, I, I did listen to our, our podcast over, but I, I kind of like to because it, it's a good recap of uh, what, what was I thinking? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Mm-hmm. And I listened to myself and I was like, man, I kind of sounded annoying because I was super pumping up and, you know, giddy about the Browns uh, and their their chances of you know, potentially winning the playoffs or winning the, the division. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I was pumped about the Browns, you know, just being in the playoffs. Mm. Um, and I got my, my family all brown socks and everything. And when I talk about the Browns, I'm just talking about them like, like I would as a fan of any team. So I'm not saying that just Browns fans do this. But, you know, your team's getting ready to go to the, to the playoffs and they haven't been there in, what, 17 years or, every, or whatever. And they've, they're playing – one of the worst teams in the league at like two and 13 with the record. Yeah. Um, and the Steelers, the other team that you need to lose is on a three game lose streak down and 17 and a half down 17 and a half. And, and it's like, okay, the Browns were, were down from the start, but I mean, we had four receivers out and um, anyways, things were looking good at halftime and that's all, I want to say that was a long intro. <laughs> I'll hand it back over to you to talk about what we're going to talk about today. But, yep. um, you know, the talking about the holidays and it, having good sports, it definitely um, went in with a lot of anticipation. And now it's like picking up the pieces and like, okay, where's everything lay? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that leads us into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, week 17 matchup between the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland coming in at ten and five, and the Steelers coming in at twelve and three with a, a division title here. It's pretty exciting. The game's at Cleveland, um, and Pittsburgh's gonna start are uh, gonna sit a few of their players this week. I know Ben Roethlisberger for sure, but I'm assuming you know some of the other veterans like Cam Hayward, uh, maybe T.J. Watt, um, the Castro penalty. I'm assuming that we're gonna do that. And just like the podcast we mentioned um, last week, I mentioned that I believe that the Steelers were gonna beat the Colts, and then they were all gonna sit a bunch of their players just because that's the Tomlin way that's what we've done historically under his um under his reign and you know we got a lot of veterans on the team so that's not a terrible strategy if that's what we're going to go in with you know Ben looked a lot better in the second half so I'm good with ending on a high note for the regular season and then getting ready for the playoffs there so pretty excited about that um got Mason Rudolph starting his, his second um second year playing games I think it's his third year in the league so we'll see how that goes but I'm um, sort of excited just to see what he has you know what he's learned from last year he had an entire offseason of work you know we didn't have preseason but he did have an offseason he had some film um, to learn from he's been learning from Ben all year so hopefully he's taken that and progressed a little bit with him um, a little bit there and uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what happens this week and more importantly you know what happens next week and where the playoffs uh, where the playoff picture settles uh, at the end on Sunday, so I'd just like to hear your overall thoughts on the game and the Browns, and what your thoughts are on the season. What's a success? What's a not? What's not? And 
Um, what are you expecting, I guess, this week and then going forward for the rounds? Yeah, well, I think that's a good, it's a pretty good summary right there, Adam. Um, I mean, talking about it again, I, I did, towards the end of the podcast, uh, our last time that we were talking, I think you talked me out of my thought process of, hey, this is going to be an easy win for the Colts. You know, you talked me out of the thought process of this has been three straight uh, back-to-back-to-back losses for the Steelers, and they're looking old. Ben Roethlisberger is looking old out there. I think he's 38 now. Um, You've got... Who else you got out there? You've got your defense being damaged, like you were talking about. Dupree, and that's, Bush, Spillane, yeah, back, so but still. Your run game, you still have Connor back there, but it doesn't look he, the he same. He came back for the first time in weeks. He's been out for the last few weeks, too. Yeah, so, so there were a lot of reasons for I can't fault myself too much there or just a fan or anyone to, to think down or not be scared of the Steelers at this point in the season. You know, but I think the Steelers in last week, you kind of reminded me, too, that, hey, for any team to come back and win after losing three straight in a row, the Steelers are one of those type of teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just seem to to be able to do that because they have such a steady organization. Mm -hmm. They have a steady head coach at the at the um, position. I think it's been like 15 years now. It's been a a while, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got your quarterback who's been there for for so long, um, yep. and you've got you've always been kind of known for smash mouth football. Our GM's been um, there since two thousand. Stephen Colbert, or not Stephen Colbert, um, Colbert, Colbert. Yeah. So um, either way, it's just like the the Steelers usually give you a ten and six season, a ten or. 12 and 4 season. So it didn't really surprise me. Um, I would say that it surprised me at halftime whenever we saw the Colts go up and it, it kind of felt like, oh my gosh, this is this is actually the story of the Pittsburgh Steelers now. They're, they had their first half story and now they're having their second half story, but I think they kind of wrote those wrongs. They still, you know, they've got to figure some things out and um, so on the flip side, though, so it looked good for the Steelers, mm-hmm. but um, for a Browns fan, it was it was kind of a it felt dirty because we were cheering against the Steelers. We started off our Sunday cheering against the Steelers because we wanted to have a chance at winning the division. But once we saw that, hey, this Jets game is slipping out of our hands, and um, we are down, you know, our starting four receivers. And for some reason, we're passing the ball um, in high volumes, despite having built this strong run game that seemed like it was our identity, where if you have two backs that are healthy in Chubb or Hunt um, and two healthy tight ends to cycle through a two tight end set and uh, decent hands, then you could run an offense. In Baker Mayfield, and and we showed the offense could you know either run through the receivers carrying us or run through maybe Baker carrying us sometimes, 
but um, you need at least one of those on, and Baker was on. But at the end of the day, Baker still had four of his top receivers out. And we, like I was saying, we spent so long building this this tough run identity with tight end heavy set, and it just seemed like we lost our identity. And I don't, I don't know if it's we lost our identity. I think that it was just kind of because last week I, and all of this year, I've been praising Kevin Stefanski, and I think that he it's praise that he deserves. But it just seems like this was like a a Bill Belichick kind of game where he just tried to outsmart himself. That's, you know? that's exactly what I was going to say. I think he had tried to outsmart himself. They think we're going, we're going to run the ball you know, 30 times this game, we're sort of going to throw it on him and just catch him off guard. But it just it wasn't how that worked out there. And I just, you know, go off of what Baker had to work with. I mean, that's Sam Darnold's reality. I feel like it's been his reality the last three years he's been in the league. Just hasn't had the weapons around him, hasn't had the offensive line, hasn't had the play calling. I mean, if you go off the top players still in, in the game, you'd think that it's pretty similar. You know, both teams, it's an even matchup. So I feel like that's what Darnold's been dealing with the last few years. And, um, I still think they'll have to find a home if they if the Jets do decide to draft a quarterback at number two, or if they try to build around him, I, I, which I would do. I would um, suggest well, they that's... build some offense pieces around him. So that's just my thoughts there with the last week. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing too. Is well, I didn't even finish up my thought um, first. So, um, but not that you cut me off. It was just that was all pertinent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thought, though, too, was it felt dirty just because you went off going into the day hoping that, hey, the Browns could win this division and you want the Steelers to lose. But then you realize on the flip side, it's like, wow, actually, I did want the Steelers to win if the Browns were going to lose because it actually helps us make the playoffs, potentially. Mm-hmm. Because last week we were sitting at you know a pretty good position where it's like 73% or no, no, that's where we're at this week. We're sitting at a 73% chance of making it um, going into week 17, or final week against the Steelers, without Ben Roethlisberger starting at quarterback, Mason Rudolph starting there. Mm-hmm. There's so many things to talk about. There's, I, I have like two things I already want to go back to. I want to talk about Mason Rudolph and, mm-hmm. and uh, Miles Garrett and how this is so significant that it's – the one game Mason Ga- Mason Rudolph starts against Miles Garrett, and it's his first game back in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That this game is a straight up like if the Browns win this game, we go to the playoffs. Because if the Browns, all the Browns have to do at this point to make the playoffs is either they have to beat the Steelers or the Colts have to lose. Mm-hmm. That's what has to happen. So if we win this game against the Steelers, it's just going to be interesting because there's so much motivation on each side right now. Miles Garrett, um, he has the redemption motivation going right now. You know, he won the, I, f- I forget what player they name it after, but he won like the Walter voluntary. Payton. It's the Walter Payton Award, one player from each team. Yeah, one player from each team gets nominated by the team as, you know, just most respectful, respectable human mm-hmm. kind of award. Mm-hmm. And it was Miles Garrett. So, you know, you can tell that 
Miles is a good guy, and you know that there's probably some PR to that. But he's a good guy, and he's, he's working on his image. So this is with this, yeah, he's putting his past behind him. So this would be a phenomenal game for him to just put his past behind him. Mm-hmm. And I know that I think everybody knows they just they can't they can't they can't be situation. Yeah. But it's also a redemption game for Mason Rudolph because he hasn't had the whole this whole year to to show us what he's got. Mm-hmm. And after that, after that Miles Garrett game last season, he didn't have the best ending to his to his season, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, and this is like he said, he's in his third year. He's in the same year as Mason, as a uh, Baker Mayfield. And I mean, Baker Mayfield obviously has had a lot more opportunity, but. Baker Mayfield has been able to show a lot more than Mason Rudolph. So if Mason Rudolph wants to, you know, keep that position of filling in right after Big Ben, then he's going to need to give us a good look here. But if not, I mean, you know, that coaching staff knows him better than we do. So mm-hmm. I don't think they judge it off of one one fluke game after they're already in the playoffs. But yeah. I just feel like it feels big for Mason because he's lining up against against miles it does as a young player you i mean you know the that just amplifies it but i mean as a young player you want to get as many reps as you can as as possible and you know you're not gonna have all your guys with you but i mean if you could pull off a win here against the playoff caliber team double digit win team that's that's something that could go a long way for confidence and everything else and just get some tape out there and it can really help your progression you see if you are because the the the, uh off are the um Coaching staff definitely sees something out of him because he's been the backup and he's been solidly the backup, you know. So um, I think that uh, I think that they're pretty pretty high on him, and we'll see what happens. They see a lot of talent in him. He came out of college and they graded him as a first round talent. He's pretty pretty good all around. So I'm looking forward to see what he has. Um, and then the other thing too, Adam, is uh, well, not just that about Miles. Well, what um something I did because I feel oh. like I feel like um overall you're not your best you know you on you on your best days is not you you know typically ninety percent of the time you on your worst days not you on your typically you know ninety 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 five percent of the time so I just took the uh, quarterback um quarterback passer rating for each quarterback I, I just took Baker this year took his worst game out of it out of it. Against, I think the Steelers and took his best game out of it, which I think was the Titans. Got his quarterback rating, and that what came in at like ninety three point seven. And Mason Rudolph, um, last year did the same thing. Worst game, Cleveland Browns. Best game, um, Cincinnati Bengals, and he came in at an eighty four point nine. So they're pretty similar if you base off last year, this year. Obviously, there's other factors going in this, who you're playing with and whatnot. But I just thought that. Did be- you say Pickers was? Bakers was ninety three point seven this year. If you take out the um, Tennessee game and uh, the Steeler game this year, Tennessee game being his best and uh, Tennessee being his worst. Yeah, Steelers, and Steelers being his worst. worst, and then Rudolph last year um, taking out the Browns game where he threw four picks and one touchdown, and um, taking out the Bengals game where he threw two touchdowns and um, completed twenty four of twenty eight passes. So if you take out okay. those two. Baker's at 93.7 this year, and uh, Rudolph is at 84.9. So it's sort of interesting how they're somewhat similar. That's a small sample size, I know, but I just wanted to... What is the sample size, Adam? The uh, sample size of uh, which one, Rudolph? How many games for each? 
So eight games for Rudolph if you subtract the two. So 10 in total, but you subtracted the top and bottom. Eight games for Rudolph. And then Baker, every game he's played this year, so 16. So 14, giving him that uh, rating. So Baker's out of 14. Okay, so that's the other thing too, though. That's why I'm saying that this is big for for Rudolph <clears throat> more so than... Well, I mean, this is big for Baker because he could take us to the to the playoffs and be the first quarterback to do that for us in, in, you know, 17, 18 years. So that's a big deal. But at the same time, I don't think that we would necessarily fault him um, as much. I, I think that he's done enough to show, like in this last game, the Browns passed the ball, you know, we set up to a play, a pass offense formation, um, you know, 58 times we executed that a play. So it's just, I don't, that doesn't make sense whenever you have four wide receivers out. Yeah. Again, it goes back to, I think Stefanski kind of just tried to either just stuck to the game plan um, before finding out that those, those four, those three wide receivers uh, were, in, in the hot tub together and you know one of them got it but we don't know which one um mm-hmm. and you know that could have been a bombshell at the end of the week but still uh i think when you have your two backs that are back and healthy and you ran the ball more whenever you only had one back who is healthy and more wide receivers who are healthy mm-hmm. now the jets defense they they play they were playing good at, up at the line just like they did against the rams uh and that's the other thing, you know, the Jets, although they're 2-13, and 13, they did just beat the Rams last week. Um, so they did have, they do have a solid front, front four at least. So, um, I don't know. I just don't think that you can fault Baker for that, though. And we saw, I think that Baker did enough in the last three games to showcase that if we have everyone healthy in this offense. We also forget we had two linemen out. Mm-hmm. We had three. We had two tackles. We had Wills and uh, Hubbard out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hubbard being a backup, but just a rotational guy who mm-hmm. still gets you some rest. And then uh, Teller being a starting guard for us. So we were a little depleted, and we do need uh, – it'd be nice to have a week off like the Steelers have where you yep. can take some rest. But it's also helpful that I think Mason Rudolph will be in and that the Steelers do at least that since they clinched everything, they, they can take the break, give Ben the time he needs to rest. I wish we had that time to rest, but at least it makes this even more possible for us to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. And I want to go off the, go back to the Steelers a little bit and just what I saw out of them. Um, first half of the same old Steelers, what we saw the last three weeks, three losses that we had, um, the Steelers have had on the year. Really, um, second half, they started throwing the ball downfield, and that opened everything. We talked about the run game not really working. We talked about the short pass game becoming the run game, and that worked in synchrony whenever the ball got pushed downfield. When we started throwing the ball downfield, it opened up the run game, and it also opened up the short pass game, which we wanted to do. You can't just do short passes. You have to spread the defense out. Even if you don't complete the passes, you have to make the defense think that, hey, we're going to throw these passes. You don't want the defense yeah. to think Ben's not going to be able to do or not able to do it. Um, so Adam, that's I, I totally forgot. That's what it, I wanted to ask you about. What what happened then? Because now my mindset is just, oh, uh, the Steelers were losing. They're getting smacked in the first half mm-hmm. 
against the Colts, and it's like, oh, it's the same old thing. They they have this pass game where, or they're just not using the run game. They've got this short pass game that they're using, and then um, you know, Big Ben just is a little inconsistent on him his long game to whether and you know dj is inconsistent on his catches in the long game too sometimes and so that's what happened happening yeah so so what happened in the second half because in my mind it's browns are going into week 17 steelers are starting uh mason rudolph you guys had a really bad first half with with uh big ben so it's like but you guys won that's not because you guys put in mason rudolph so what did you guys do that you guys seemed to fix or figure out at least against the Colts in that second half of that game? I think it was the first drive we got the ball. Colts got the ball at half, defense stopped, in which they typically do. It's one of the better defenses in the NFL still, even with the injuries. But Ben just started holding – it was almost like vintage Ben where he hangs on the ball three, four, five seconds, moves around a little bit, finds the open guy, hits him. And I think about five, six plays in – they went up top, um, I think we're on the 38-yard line, we went up top to Deontay Johnson, who's had a few drops recently. Um, I don't think he had any last week, but hit him on a bomb, diving, catching the end zone, and boom, like you could just feel the momentum shifted. You know, that was one of the first times we really went up top, over the top, and the defense I don't think was ready for it. I mean, they had decent coverage on it, but the ball was perfect. Johnson made a great diving catch, and, you know, from there it was like, oh, wow, this is a game. I felt like we were going to win. The momentum shifted completely, and it's like, where where has that been? Like we haven't done that at all. And then Ben just starts connecting again. He hit Juju anything on a thirty yard um thirty yard completion in the end zone. But I mean he just started picking apart the defense. He just the momentum came, defense got motivated, and um really Connor was able to start breaking some runs and we did some short passes at the end to compl- uh, win it just because they were playing back. They knew we were able to push the ball, push the Colts defense and was pretty good, and then Philip Rivers is always good to give you one or two turnovers a game. He's a gambler. He's it's the kind of guy he is, and that's all right. I mean, he's made his career that way, but um, you, you can you can expect a few turnovers out of him or a few risky plays off off him. I guess you just have to uh, convert on those turnovers. So it all in all, it really just turned around the offense. Looked like vintage Steelers, and it was pretty exciting. And that's what I was expecting them to figure out. I guess that's that's what I was trying to say to you. You know, and I expressed to you last week is this is what's going to happen, and this is what I think is going to happen, or they're not going to make it. And now I have a lot of confidence with us going to the playoffs. I would like us to play maybe a half or a full game with our starters, but we haven't had a bye since week three. I'm cool with getting him rest. Ben had surgery on his um, elbow last year. You know, let him stay healthy, go to the playoffs, and just give it our best shot. So, yeah. That, that, okay, so there were a couple things out of that that I want to talk about. One, the most fresh thing on my mind is Big Ben versus Philip Rivers. I totally forgot that this Week 16 matchup was a Big Ben Philip River matchup. And Big Ben Philip Rivers, they were drafted the same year. That was. Uh, 04. 04. That was a big quarterback year. Mm-hmm. That was. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Big Ben. Yep. Um, Jay Cutler, I think, was in that year. I'm not um, sure on that one. I, Eli Manning, yeah. Rivers, and uh, Ben are the big, are the bigger, um, the big name, big big names. Right, but anyways, I'd love to see what their record is, their matchup head to head. Yeah, we'd have to look at that. But while you go on with that, I I do find it interesting. So. The pass game, it sounds like you guys fixed the pass game. So your guys' pass game was kind of broke, okay? And because you couldn't hit it over the top. 
Mm. And now you're saying that they kind of fixed that pass game. Yeah. And then that fixes a broken run game too. Yeah, because, because it spaces the defense it. out. You don't have eight-man boxes. You don't have a loaded box that you hand the ball off. There's like three guys in the backfield because they're blitzing you or they're right there waiting for a short pass and or run. And you're not exactly. really going to play so, action. But. So that's good for the Steelers. Um, and looking at the Steelers-Browns Week 17 matchup um, and just the Browns in general, that's where you've got to give the Browns a little pass too. Again, against the Jets, you know, because I'm, I've got to defend my team where, hey, we had our pass game was broke. We had four four receivers out. So that kind of breaks our run game, too. Mm-hmm. So that could have also been a part of Stefanski's thinking where either he was trying to do that. He was trying to fix what wasn't already broke in the run game because you've got to hope that our run game is strong. But I, I looked at it in. I think Chubb had six carries for like eight yards and Hunt had like a carry for two yards or something. So it's like he didn't even try. I think that was like the first half. I think Chubb ended up with like 11 carries for 18 yards. I'm going to check on that. But yeah, 11 carries for 28 yards. So it's like he didn't even try. And then uh, the other thing, though, is in the pass game, you'd think that he would – so it's relying on either the run game or the pass game. We have four receivers out. The tight end set kind of favors the run game. But you've got to be able to utilize the play action, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where Baker did well again. That's where, I again, I feel like I am now more so a, a defender of Baker because, or, I mean, people might just even think I'm on a ban- Baker bandwagon now, but I, I do think that he's he has done enough to show us that he can – he can run this offense, I think. And he was hitting Hooper, who's our big, big money tight end. I think we're paying four years, forty million for him. And he's young, and he's out of what? Atlanta. Harvard or Stanford? He played Atlanta but last year. Um, he like, and he what? He works out with George Kittle in the off season. So you know, he's he's supposed to be a top five wide receiver in this league. We hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, tight end and. He dropped. He dropped a lot of big passes, mm-hmm. and I think the stat is that the Browns dropped. The stat I heard was that the Browns dropped um, five passes on critical plays. So, yep, I, and and by critical play, I think that they're talking about like drive stoppers. So yeah, third down, third down probably. second and long stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So so again, Baker put the ball in the right spot. For, I mean, he threw. He had to throw the ball, you know, fifty plus times. So he's not going to hit them all, especially whenever he doesn't have timing down with all of his receivers. I mean, they had to pull in guys from the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Our top receiver, number eighty-four, he was showing up at some big moments. I mean, he had some drops at some big moments, but Jamarcus Bradley. Jamarcus Bradley. I don't even know. Yeah, I. It, it beats me. I'm not sure where he's from. What is history is either so yeah he was your second leading receiver yeah so yeah i couldn't i couldn't even fake that i knew who that was though From but Louisiana. that's the thing too we at least know hey we should have our receivers back mm-hmm. i think yeah we should. i think so uh now the thing about our line is i don't know about our line and you had mentioned the same thing with the steelers where 
hey, you're giving Big Ben rest, but if you have everyone else in your offense, um, or or you were talking about Mason Rudolph, how you think he can perform on in Week 17 mm-hmm. if he has all of his his team healthy? We talked about that defense that's still good um, despite the injuries to Bush and and uh, who's your other big one who's out? Adam? Dupree, Bud Dupree. Dupree, yeah. yeah. Despite having them out for the season, uh, who were some of those other guys on the on the Steelers? That year. Spillane's had a stinger for the last few weeks. He's our other line, middle linebacker, so we were down multiple linebackers the last few weeks. Vince Williams is back now. He was back last week, but he's another middle linebacker, so we were really just narrow there. That's why teams were able to run on us somewhat, but not not as much as you'd think, just because the defensive line's still there, and then you have T.J. Watt there um, playing well, and then um, offensively, James Conner's been out a little bit recently. Um, Phil in the Wave is not playing like himself. Pouncey was out earlier this year, so this just ha- hasn't been as much consistency together there but I mean it's yeah it's a lot what you're talking about with Baker you know I mean he has one of the best offenses weapons around like skill weapon you know just everything line weapons around him run game he has it built for him so that's what I'm curious about to see going forward is can he do that he has two more years on his contract to prove that before the Browns may have to give him a big deal or let him walk just because you need to figure out is he the guy who can carry us or does he need this offense around him? Because once he gets paid, that's where the salary cap, you know, you can't put, put, pay as much on defense or you can't pay as much on offense. So it's just interesting to see what happens in the future. But, I mean, just like you talked about the Browns having a few drops this week, uh, the Steelers have had drops a lot in the losing streak as well. So that's just other thing what's going on. I mean, drops on third down is what was killing us, and I've mentioned that before in the past too. So it's hard to win games when you don't convert on money downs like that. So it's... It's difficult for any team, and you saw that with the Browns this past week, and you saw it with the Steelers the last few weeks. But I think the Steelers are on correcting it, and I think the Browns will correct it as well once they get the starting receivers back that they're paying more money to than just guys off the practice squad. So Yeah. Yeah. So what are your overthoughts? Let's close out with this. What are your overthoughts on how the game's going to turn out and your thoughts on the season for the Browns right now just – let me hear what you think, you know, are you happy with them? Do you think you need to make the playoffs to be thrilled or what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, that's good. Good thought to close on. I think overall I am proud and uh, content with where the Browns are this season because regardless of us making the playoffs, um, I think that this was definitely a step forward and we have to remember all the things that that this year included, and you know it's obnoxious to, to point out, but the, the COVID thing, where a lot of teams, you know, had issues. Uh, Adam, we talked about this with uh, with the Ravens, um, who are you know AFC North, and they're in this playoff picture too. And and uh, if the Browns lose, then I think they're in. They're at ninety percent right now to to make the playoffs. But they've really picked it up with uh, with Lamar Jackson uh, in the second half, and a lot of that was talking with Adam, where these guys were doing teams meetings and um, just like a lot of they they weren't able to interact with their team and understand the playbook, and especially for a first year coach like a first year coach, new system, fourth coach in three years. It's just a lot to learn. Consistency, so, you know. Changing yeah. the line, changing the roster, not having that unity yet, that 
So yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's gonna happen with anyone, and you guys have figured it out. I feel like there's a lot of optimism going forward for you guys. Um, as long as you stick with the run game, I think the biggest question mark and something you could be excited about, but also cautious is what's Baker gonna show next year? Is he gonna put the work in again? You know, is he gonna keep progressing? Is he gonna be able to play well without, you know, maybe having Hooper in a few years or some other weapon like an Odell? I mean, he's not playing with Odell now, but I mean, you, you might not be able to keep all the players that you have around him. You might have to focus a little bit more on the defense in the secondary. So I'm just, you know, it's gonna be, what I, what I would look for going the next three years is what's Baker gonna do with the team he has now while he's still on the rookie contract? And then what happens if you guys do sign him? to the roster and what's the deal look like I guess what does that do to your salary cap those are the two things now all, all that said Adam um, I, again I, I think I would be lying to you if I told you that we were 10 and 5 and we end up 10 and 6 this season and even though we don't make the playoffs I, I would still be content with that I, mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I told you that I wasn't content with but you would need because playoffs next year, right? Like you would. I mean, there's. You'd what? You would need playoffs next year, I believe. Then, right? Like that. There yeah, to be I think we would need with playoffs next year. One more team. Well, I think we need playoffs next year, but I think this year we have showed significant improvement. Um, where, and really, when I think that we're farther than we should be, maybe not as a franchise uh, with the talent that we have. But I'm saying with the head coach that we have and with all the decisions that we made to restructure this organization in the offseason, I think that we are we are very far ahead of our projections. Um, and that so for that reason I'm happy. I mean, this is the second time since since we came back in ninety nine that we've won ten games in a season. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh now, I would be disappointed if we did lose this game to the Steelers, though. I will say that. Because if we're going to see that, hey, we have made all this progression, and, yeah, we did get stopped by the Steelers, you know, 30%. earlier midseason, um, we can still show that with a healthy wide receiver crew, Maybe some, I mean, it's the end of the season, so you're going to have some bang-ups here and there. We're going to have some guys on our line out. You guys are going to have your starting quarterback out, though. So if we can't beat you guys at home in Week 17 with the pressure in the playoffs, all the stakes are on the line, yep. uh, then that would be a little concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Against your rival. At home. You just have it. It's all built up too perfect but I'm scared I'm scared Adam because it just feels like that loss against the Jets even though the Jets like we said are coming off of a win have a good front line on defense uh, it just feels classic Browns it feels so classic because I feel like it's been I feel like it's been two weeks now I might be wrong but I feel like it's been two weeks that we've been like we were at 97% chance of making the playoffs and then just this week, we dropped a 73% chance. So it's like, why are we going backwards? This is such a yeah. classic Browns thing where it's like, you know, there's only a 3% chance we don't make the playoffs. And then it starts moving down. And I'm not trying to overreact, but I'm just saying it's, I, I would be content with the season being the way it is, but I also 
would just be frustrated as a Browns fan where it's like, really, this is how our season's going to end. Like after all of that. Something else is like the Browns are, they're streaky. They're a young team. Baker's definitely probably the most streaky quarterback in the NFL. So if you start breaking the streak and getting cold, that can have an effect and run. You know, that's why that makes sense. Again, to go back to it, we see how that is with, uh, with the Ravens and Lamar with his streaks, you know, Mm -hmm. They were a little hot off the start, and then they really cooled off. And then I don't even know if they were hot off the start, but they at least started off above five hundred, didn't they? Yeah, and they they beat you guys pretty pretty good to start, and they were pretty. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, COVID exactly. really got them. I think COVID yeah. got them, um, and that's a big reason that um, that they were affected early on. You know, and Lamar had a week to get come back and adjust to. The- See, that was another thing where I feel like. I'm giving Baker excuses. Hey, we lost to the Jets, and hey, uh, we lost to the Ravens again. But mm-hmm. with that, we at least saw a massive improvement from the Ravens to from you know first week of the first season week. to to that week. So even though we lost, we were it was a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. If we don't have that against the Steelers then it's not going to feel like, hey, we have this measurable improvement where we were worse at the be- at the beginning to middle of the mm-hmm. season. And now we are better going into the playoffs. So uh, it would just, it'd be very, I'd be very interested, I'll wrap it up by saying I'd be very interested to see if the Browns lose to the Steelers and the Colts somehow lose to the Texans. And the Texans are at four and eleven. Jaguars, and the Texans don't even have their first round pick. Ja- though, Jaguars, so they don't even care. Oh, the Jags. Jaguars, yeah. And the one in uh, fourteen Jaguars. I I think that they're going to win. They're fourteen point favorites. So. Oh, that's right. Because the Jets winning guaranteed that. So the, that was the other weird thing about this game was that the the Jets being the Browns guaranteed that the Jets can't get the first pick, and it did guarantee. That the Jacksonville Jaguars will be getting the first pick, presumably taking Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. a once in a generation talent. Yep. So that's that's going to be pretty phenomenal. Adam, what'd you say? He was he was projected to be the first round pick coming out of his his rookie year, um, his freshman year. Freshman uh, year, Mel Kiper was saying uh, they asked him who would go for number one overall after Clemson came off the uh, national championship win, and they said. Uh, Trevor Lawrence would go number one if eligible. They asked, like, if you could take yeah. anyone, mainly, you know, Trevor Lawrence, would he go number one? And he said, yeah, he would. Last year, he said Burrow would go one, and I thought he would with the historic season, season he had. I thought he deserved that. Um, but again, Lawrence is clearly the number one pick, in my opinion, this year. It's not even, it's hands down. There's no question. I think he only has one loss in college, and that's the LSU in the uh, National Championship last year. But we'll have a nice conversation about that in a nice podcast. I'm really looking forward to the to that next um in the next few months talking about the nfl draft and where we think players and are just in, and, in the next couple weeks in the next, couple the next weeks, week yeah to see the college football playoff um we'll get a podcast out for that as well and just you know give us give you guys our, our two cents on that and just overall thoughts but we're really looking forward to um the next few weeks of football it's, it's a really exciting time so yeah th- thank you for joining us today and um yeah, the Steelers Browns game. We gave us our gave you guys our analysis. Browns are ten point fra- ten points favorites. Um, we'll see what happens, but thank you for tuning in. Who you got, Adam? Browns. I got Browns. But I got Browns, but I'll probably go under. Um, I'll probably go closer than ten points. I'll probably go Steelers if I was choosing. Um, 
I could, I could see that. But I mean, I'm probably going to go like the spread. I'm going Steelers. I think just maybe a seven point win for the Browns. Uh, run the ball, keep the ball on the ground. I don't think Rudolph's going to be as bad as everyone thinks. It just depends who else we keep out. You know, if we have Watt and Hayward out and whatever, you guys can run the ball on us. What's the point? You guys probably blow us out. But if it's just mainly Ben and maybe like Pouncey or someone like that, or not a whole lot of people on defense, then I think it's a lot closer game. But we'll see what happens. What about you? Yeah, <clears throat> I I agree with that. Definitely dependent on the receivers being back. Um, so yeah. definitely will be checking the the injury reports daily there. Yeah. But um, I think I think the Browns will win this one. Be cool to see. But it, I though. think that the I think that they will uh, beat classic Browns fashion where maybe it's only by a touchdown. Would be but I think you're right too that Mason sorry, that Mason Rudolph though I feel like he might have a good game. It, it's it's such a toss up, you know, because I feel like he's either going to have a lights out game and really just like, <clears throat> you know, own the moment because hey, he can be the guy to to kind of redeem himself. Because mm-hmm. even though Miles Garrett might, some people might feel like he needs it more. Mm-hmm. He's just he's a stud athlete who's going to be in the league for for a decade at least, yeah. you know. Mason Rudolph, it's like, hey, he had this incident happen. Uh, Miles Garrett made some accusatory claims, you know, that there could have been a a slur made towards him. Um, but they, the NFL never confirmed that after reviewing the tapes and everything. So I think that this is more of a redemption game for Mason Rudolph. And people either thrive or they, they crash in those moments. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So, yep. But. Yeah, but either way, you got to feel good with uh, making the playoffs, Adam, and locking up the division. Yep. So, congrats, man. Yep. Thank you. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening, and this is two cents. All right. See ya. See ya.